The Florida State Seminoles have released their depth chart. Were you surprised by it? And what can we gleam from how it came down? You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into Locked On Seminoles. I'm your host, Brian Smith. Thank you to the everydayers for being back with us. This is a lot of fun and I'm really enjoying it. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the awesome Locked On Network, your team every day. Now, we got to talk a little bit about Game Time. This is the sponsor for today's show. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On College. For 20 bucks off your first purchase. Now, today we're going to talk a little bit about the depth chart that was brought out by Florida State. So, what does that exactly mean? Well, in most years, the depth chart, while it's interesting, you're playing somebody that's just okay to start the year, no big deal. Well, Florida State happens to play LSU this year. So, every little detail, not that you weren't interested anyway. Every little detail is important. Now, with that being stated, I'm going to go in a pretty basic order. We're going to talk about the offense, the experience that's on there, and then we're going to move to the defense, and then the upheaval of some players moving parts and all that since Norvell has been in Tallahassee from like where they were overall a few years ago to now, kind of a generalization to round out in segment three because I think it's incredible incredible what Florida State has done since he's been here. Now, let's get into it. Offensive experience. I put this on the Facebook page, and I'll I'll put it up on the screen here in just a sec. But if you are really interested in teams that have continuity, in teams that find a way to play together, especially in key moments, generally speaking, you're not going to have teams that are your favorites that are really young and or play like freshmen and sophomores. It's just not how it works. Like college basketball has a lot of disarray, even with top teams, because they're talented, but like Duke or whatever, have three freshmen, a sophomore, and a senior in the starting lineup. It can be kind of goofy. Well, Florida State's football team this year is about as experienced as it gets. So with that in mind, I, I was just completely floored to think about how many guys for Florida State when I was just kind of going over it, I was just doing bullet points and notes. I'm like, holy cow, why didn't this hit me before? Look at the starters that are junior, seniors, fifth-year seniors. This is incredible. So let's just kind of count it out, shall we? Florida State's offense in particular, this, this to me is incredible. And again, these are just bullet points. I put them on the Locked On Seminoles podcast Facebook page if you want to check it out. Depending on formation, the Knowles will be trotting out a lineup with either 10 or 11 players on offense that are either fourth or fifth-year players. Now, there's a a caveat here. Destin Hill is listed as a starter. Signed in 21, didn't play in 21 or 22, regarded as family issues. I don't know what happened, but now he's in Tallahassee. He's done very well. Ironically, he's from New Orleans. You know this game against LSU is going to matter to him, and he's a starter. 
he's about it. Everybody else is experienced. They got a few redshirt juniors and stuff, but again, that's fourth year removed from high school. When you have more mature players, your chances of having continuity are there. Am I excited about that? You're darn right. Now, if you look at like three or four different teams over your, you know, 20 years, let's say somebody's watched Florida State, there's going to be a couple others like this. What makes, in my opinion, this team super unique is the fact that Jordan Travis has played for so long, too. Not only is the unit that way, sometimes teams are that way, but they're starting a redshirt freshman quarterback. You got a very veteran quarterback that's dynamic on top of that. I just want to throw that in. Uh, Penn State running back transfer, Kaziah Holmes, is number two behind Trey Benson, uh, listed at least ahead of Rodney Hill. I don't know how much that's important. All eight of the receivers are at least 191 pounds. Again, this is on the Facebook page. Left tackle. I, I talked to a buddy of mine that goes to practices and stuff and covers. He thought Bless Harris had a pretty good chance to start. He was a little bit surprised that he wasn't. But Robert Scott listed as the starter for the Knowles at left tackle. Nine of the 11 starters moving to the defense, just kind of rounding out this overall here, were in, they're in the fourth year of college football or more. FSU's D-line, the interior has gotten bigger. 288 pounds or bigger. They got some guys over 300 pounds. The unique one, this is just so unique every year there's a player like this, but give credit to Norvell and his staff. They do their own evaluations. Not many people wanted Quinn Darius Jones, and he's the number two corner already. Six foot two listed, even if he's just six foot, six foot one, that's good size corner. As a freshman, he's come in out of the state of Mississippi. Hey, man, tip your cap to that young man. He's made his mark. Good for him. 11 of the 13 players, like nickel, dime, all the packages and stuff, are six foot or taller that are in the defensive backfield. There's a couple of kids who listed at 5'11. Those are the notes on the Locked On Seminoles Facebook page. I've got it running across the screen if you're watching on YouTube. If not, um, like I did a search. It's it's so new. It, I, I'm not even finding it on Google yet. But Facebook.com forward slash Locked On Seminoles Pod is how you find it. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Locked On Seminoles Pod, P-O-D. Now, let's, let's discuss a little bit more about this. Do we think Florida State is ready for LSU? I think most people would say yes. Do we think there was anything crazy from the depth chart? Not really. The only concern that I have is whether or not guys, and this is for any team for any year, is whether guys ended up starting because coaches are holding back information, and I know all of you do, from the media and other people about injuries. College coaches are notorious for just being bold-faced liars about injuries. All of you, every single one, I don't care who's standing in front of me, I'll say it to them, they're all liars. So with that being stated, I don't know which one, but there could be one of the guys listed as number two that would be number one because, again, coaches lie. The the home situation, I don't put a lot of stock in that. He's a really good football player, was an elite recruit. He's out of Cocoa, Florida. Didn't work out of Penn State, maybe it works out for the Knowles. I think that Penn State, has so many good running backs, it's not surprising. They're, they're one-two running backs, tremendous. So maybe it'll work out better for, for Holmes here at Florida State. I think that there's also a really good amount of depth. I was just kind of going through it. This is just off the cuff, just opinion today, not as much stat-driven. 
I've done quite a bit of that here lately. I'm very happy with how things kind of matriculated, especially the skill spots. <clears throat> Excuse me. O-line, as a buddy of mine once said to me 25 years ago, and this is always stuck, offensive linemen are made. They are not born. FSU has an elite amount of experience there. It's not the biggest O-line. I'm not concerned about that, but they play well as a unit, obviously, based on last year's offense. That's true. And they're more experienced now than pretty much any team ever. So that'll be fine. So I was really concentrating on the receivers in particular because they've got more depth. Obviously, Johnny's the guy everybody wants to talk about because he's so unique. He's listed at like 6'7", 237 pounds. That's just incredible. And then they run a couple of different things with the tight ends. And that's something I was very happy to see on the depth chart. Florida State put in like two tight ends, like how that works, meaning H-back, et cetera. Are they going to run different packages? Obviously they are. And they have more depth there. It's just not necessarily as proven as what some people might have at other schools in terms of name recognition. doesn't mean they're not good. I've heard about different guys doing different things. But Jaheim Bells, I, I still think, is the most physically gifted guy. But they have different players that can do different things. And I'm curious to see how often FSU goes 12 personnel, meaning one running back and two tight ends slash one running back, a tight end, and an H-back. There's so many nuances to the tight end position. And where do they line up Bell? Does he play out wide at all? Does he get in the backfield and play some fullback? Does it just the H-back? It's a new year. On the goal line, they may run an ISO and not score run the exact same formation. Maybe Bell's the fullback and he goes out in the flat, catches a pass, and some poor corner has to, quote-unquote, attempt to tackle him one-on-one. Good luck to that guy. That's the kind of thing that makes, for me, the first depth chart of the year the most unique. You just don't know. And again, all you coaches, I know you lie. So I'm curious to see how much change there is out there with these depth charts after the game. We'll go back and compare if there's any quote-unquote significant changes. You look at the press conference that takes place after the game. What does Norvell say, et cetera. I'm going to be very surprised if this isn't more consistent than most, though, because it's such an experienced group, and they've really focused their efforts on the transfer portal to get more experienced players. Let's be honest. Florida State has taken fewer high school kids and more portal kids than, than most schools. Not all, but most. And that's what they've hung their hat on. They wanted to do their own evaluations. You know, like Verse came from Albany. It's just a great story. Jared Verse is a great, great story. Can you figure that part out? We'll see. It, it's it's pretty unique. Just my opinion. All right. Now, before I go into the second segment, know that the defense has more moving parts. That's, that's the little hint for segment two. But at the same time, it's not going to be all that shocking on some of the star, like Jared versus star. There, there's no incredible news there, but uh, I, I do have some takes on it. For now, game time. Game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning in advance. Game time has deals and tickets right up in the day of the event. Download the game time app, create an account, use code Lockdown College for $20 off your purchase. If you're like me, and sometimes you procrastinate. You can get yourself caught in a bad spot. A buddy of mine mentioned a football game that had tickets under $10 he was looking at on the game time app. For under 10 bucks, if you can get in somewhere, even if it's a lesser college football game, it's still pretty cool. Check out the game time app, download it, 
see what you think and, and find us find something to go to. It doesn't have to be football. It could be music, it could be comedian, it could be something else. Download the Game Time app. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section for uh and for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now, segment two. Defense. Florida State is probably about as good in terms of depth. is I think they're going to get. I could be wrong, but I think it's about as good as they're going to get. Just looking at the depth chart first, you know, just the eye test, kind of like you're scouting a kid. I was happy with the guys that made it in, in the first thing and, you know, knock on wood, this goes for the offense too. You just don't know, man. Injuries happen. It is what it is. Um, If you don't have, quote unquote, something that, is perfect with your depth chart with injuries at some schools. They're just done because they lose one or two key guys. They're done. Florida state has more depth, obviously than most schools. And I don't think by and large, the injury bug has bit them again, knock on wood. The position that I was probably happiest about would I would say was defensive end. And I'll get into DB in a second, but the reason I say defensive end, it's about development. For the longest time, and this is, I'm biased towards when I grew up, 80s and 90s, Florida State took a lot of raw kids from Georgia, South Carolina, Florida, whatever, redshirted them, developed them, consistently coached them into the same scheme that most of the coaching staff, Mickey Andrews and that staff did a great job, but they stayed together for the most part. And they found a way to get the most out of kids. I'm seeing some similarities. I'm not saying it's the Mickey Andrews defense this year. This is not 1993 or 95 or 97 or whatever year you want to pick. They're all good. But the defensive end spot, when you can rotate guys, Jared versus where it starts. I get it. I get it. I get it. But when you can rotate guys, especially because it's going to be hot, muggy, probably raining, the forecast here in central Florida where I live is not a fun one for fans. I There's going to be a lot of rain between now and the game, and there's a chance that it could rain during the game. I, I don't even look too specific beyond about a day or so out, but it's supposed to rain all, day, all, all through the week. You're going to have to rotate some kids. And if you think about the Knowles in their depth chart right now, if you look at it, you say, well, there's a couple of guys I want to play a little bit, and I get that. But these are guys who are all highly recruited. They played the spot. They're in the same system. And when you do that, you find ways to win a little bit easier. I'm not saying it has to be like the 10th year under Mickey Andrews to make a comparison. But I really like where Florida State's at. Now, I'm going to just pull it up for myself. But looking at the depth chart, Besides verse, which guy do you think, quote unquote, makes the biggest impact? 
is it Gil? I mentioned Gilbert Edmond earlier this week. I really like him. Maybe it's Patrick Payton. He was like freshman, ACC freshman defensive player of the year last year. He's on the other edge. When you have Verse and him coming off and then you can rotate other guys like Byron Turner, we've heard a lot about. Does he have the talent to be a starter at a lot of schools? Probably. Would he start like a school that's pretty good on you? Iowa State, there's a pretty good chance he would. That's how I evaluate it. But just seeing the names and just having the point that, hey, this guy could have won the job based on what we heard, but he's the backup and still stay. That's the other thing. The continuity is going to be good. Or these a lot of these kids could have went somewhere else. And in today's age, let's not kid ourselves. Their inbox, or there's offers from other schools to leave. They may not have been in as good a spot at the end recently as what they are now. A couple of these guys aren't as well-known, Turner, Edmund, et cetera. They're good, but I'm just going to run down on the defensive side because I think it's a little harder to predict. So I'm just going to run it down. DN, they got Verse, Gilbert Edmund on one side. The other DN, they got Patrick Payton and Byron Turner Jr. On the interior, Braden Fisk is a starter and so is Fabian Lovett. That is two massive young men and they're both redshirt seniors. Talented and experienced. Can't do any better. Behind Fisk is Dennis Briggs and Daniel Lyons. And then behind Lovett is Joshua Farmer and Malcolm Ray. Of note, the smallest guy, I mentioned this a minute ago, it was on the Facebook page. The smallest listed size is 288 pounds on the interior. That's some big dudes. Returning. Former UCF linebacker Tatum Bethune, who was at FSU last year. This is a fifth-year senior. He's listed. He's up to 230s. He's gotten pretty good size. Omar Graham backs him up along with Blake Nicholson. The other linebacker, it's an either-or deal. K1 DeWoach or DJ Lundy. So good for Lundy. He's a big dude. He's totally different. I don't know how that really works. One guy's like DeWoach is listed at 212. I don't know how accurate that is either. The sizes with kids I'm always curious about. Nickel, Jerry and Jones, Greedy Vance. Those two are listed also as and or. Very interesting. And then Edwin Joseph, the freshman out of Shamanad, Madonna in South Florida, is the third guy at nickel. At corner spots, the two corner starters, we got Fentrell Cypress. Not exactly a shocker there. Uh, let's see if I can find. Ah, darn it. The other corner is Renardo Green. The, the unique thing is Quindarius Jones to me. Hardly anybody recruited that kid. FSU wanted him out of Mississippi. A lot of people thought he was going to be a safety. He's number two corner. Way to go, brother. That is that is awesome for a freshman. As deep as FSU is, for him to make the number two on the corner chart, that's, that's pretty impressive. Free safety, Akeem Dent, not exactly a shock, but it's listed as or Kevin Knowles, so their experience there too. Conrad Hussey and KJ Kenton, two kids I've talked about on this show. They are both listed at free. I think that's a, a really unique spot. They got so much athleticism there. It's, it's ridiculous. Shaheen Brown and then Ashwin Barker. Those are the two strongs. I'm curious if they mix and match that a little bit. I don't know. Maybe it depends on what they're going to try to do. Maybe they're going to drop him in the box a little bit and they don't want the freshman involved with that. But I think Hussey and Kirkland could play some strong safety. Just my opinion. We'll see. Now, back to the main point here, though. Overall talent, FSU is up on defense, and I think it starts at the end. 
And I really think that's going to be the difference for them in general. Not just, I'm not talking about LSU, just in general this season. It helps against LSU too. You must be able to rotate guys, especially early in the year, playing in Tallahassee, Orlando, anywhere in the South. Right now it's even hot in Michigan. I mean, I, I listened to a Michigan Wolverines podcast so that they just, just learned about their team and the guy was talking about how hot it was. I'm like, come on down here to Florida. At the same time, Florida State just has more talent. We're going to get into that in, in segment three. And it it's just amazing to me because like it used to be, you kind of knew, honestly, at most spots by middle of fall camp, we, we already knew this guy or whatever, or there was just, it was a free-for-all because there wasn't as much talent as there probably should have been in a couple of spots. Not like Florida State's been void of talent. It's been more like shooting themselves in the foot over the last five years than other issues until last season. But at the same time, this depth, it's going to make it better. It's going to make it better. I'm really happy with how it planned out and talking to people behind the scenes. I, I think Florida State is on the right path to at least knocking on the door to being a dominant program again. They're not there. I'm not saying they are, but they're getting there. That's that's all you can really, to be honest, at this point, that's all you can ask, right? It's just, if 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 there's something else, I mean, dominant's the only thing left. They're good. They made a bowl game in one last year. That's That's the next step. So with that, thank you very much to everybody that makes Locked On Seminoles a part of their day each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Seminoles, thanks you very much. And I, I just, I thank you very much because I enjoy it and I'm, I'm enjoying growing this thing and having a lot of fun doing it. I cover the state of Florida recruiting, as, as all of you know that have listened to the show, but getting even more into learning about Florida State's a blast too and, and doing an LSU preview with Florida State all week. That's pretty darn good. So third segment, this is about an overall objective point of view. Florida State, I would say by the end of 2016, from that 2013 to 16 window, they were they were pretty dominant, but you could see the cracks in the wall. By 18, you're like, what is going on? By 20, you're like, this is ridiculous. In 21, you're like, I don't know if this is going to work. But then last year, they righted the ship. How, what, when, where, why? I'm not the one to write that. But I, I just, from watching as many Florida State games as I can and following college football, I was shocked. I was shocked. Florida State was losing recruiting battles. They weren't winning the battles in the world of like building facilities or whatever. That was the discussion. And I don't know how important that is. It, it's overrated in my opinion, but kids do sometimes look at that. All kinds of things are just negative. But this group, you got to give them credit. They stayed together and had a really good year last year, finished 10 to three. And now they're a top 10 team. I believe it was number eight in the AP poll. They came out and they've got a chance to make the college football playoffs this year in the talent based on the depth chart and the, I mean, I went over the guys again. It's intriguing because you got to ask yourself a couple of questions. Number one, is this a one-hit wonder deal? Because obviously you're going to lose Jordan Travis after this year, but that's quarterback. Every school goes through that. So next year, let's say they're an 8-4, and 9-3 team. I don't know because they may get a great transfer portal quarterback. That's the whole beauty of it. I think the roster is in such a better spot. Even losing a quarterback – 
they could be a 10 win team in 24 because they have depth. And that's why I just went over all that stuff I mentioned, especially at DN. When I was growing up, Florida State DN room was as good as it was in the country. They were top five conservatively two out of three years. And there were some years you could make the argument they were definitively number one. So uh, when they had Bullware and Renard Wilson, I thought that was definitely the best one. But that's that's another story. That was 97. The point is this. When they have an injury now, they can put in a guy. He may not be experienced, I will grant you. But either it's a, a portal kid or it's somebody they brought through the system and Florida State's upgrade is noticeable. At the end of last year, watching that game against Oklahoma, they weren't all locked in. That's my only concern about that game. That bothered me. They got behind, but they made the run and give credit to Travis and the offense for helping that happen. They figured it out, and a lot of that was just pure talent. At the end of the day, even like Nick Saban or Bobby Bowden, whatever, games are won by players. It's about recruiting. It's about recruiting. If you're not going to go into a game with more talent than your opponent, you can still win. Absolutely. There are upsets happen all the time for and against you. That happens. But if you're going to win titles and consistently be up to par with being a top 10 team like Florida State's preseason ranked this year, it's not, it's not going to go well most of the time unless you've got elite talent, especially quarterback, corner, and D-line. I think in all three of those spots, you can make an argument that Florida State has top 10 national talent. When was the last time you said that at Florida State? I want you to think about that tonight, not just now, like you can have a quick reaction. Name the last time Florida State had at all three, not one or two of them, all three, quarterback, D-line and corner, at least starters. I mean, you get into depth, it's harder to project. But like, Fentrell Cypress Cypress is a really good player. They got him out of the portal from Virginia. That's a heck of a pickup. You're adding that kid. It's amazing what Florida State has done. They've done it a little bit more naturally at DN, but Verse obviously being the transition player from Albany. They are really good at DN. They've even got more depth. They figured it out. And then, of course, Jordan Travis transferred in after a year at Louisville. My gosh, the talent has changed. And those are the most likely individual spots that determine the outcomes of games. Now, I know everybody say, what about offensive line? It's there too, but that's five guys. It's a little harder to define. It's Offensive line is always complex. But FSU is on the right track for a long-term haul. That's all I, that's all I want to say. They're going to be really good this year. By all means, they got a chance to go to the playoff. But I'm just saying long-term, FSU is in a spot where they can now be on the national scene. Like, just for an example, if they finish 15th, it's an underachieving year, in my opinion. That's where the depth chart and the overall roster has gotten to. Now, you got to build every year, but still, they're, they're doing pretty good. So, it's uh, it's almost game time. We're we're getting there. We're only a few days away. Florida State LSU. I'm still looking. Depending on the weather, still planning on going up there and interviewing some people and having some fun at the tailgate and see. Maybe I'll meet somebody there. Who knows? Any, anything is possible. Um, Florida State certainly has 
more than likely the, the majority of the fans of the game. I'm going to guess 60-40. I'm looking forward to seeing that. And I'm also looking forward to seeing just what's going on at the tailgate. So if I get out there and I see y'all, make sure you stop by, say hey, or reach out, grab me. But uh, everybody have a great day. Thank you very much and take care.